Welcome to the Money GPS. You came here for the truth, so let me unveil that for you. You've seen prices rise, it's gasoline, it's food, it's just about everything. But what's about to happen? I will show you all of that and more, beginning with Southline gas prices again rise to record highs. My friends in California, I know you're feeling it. Gas top $6 a gallon in California. Quote, how much pain at the pump can consumers take? And that's the question. There's something called demand destruction. Ultimately, something gets to a price point in which the consumer says, I don't, I can't afford it anymore. And that's starting to happen. And you're seeing it with people. And I'll show you in a second here. They are simply priced out. What about this? Crude oil rose to around $118 a barrel after the European Union agreed to pursue a partial ban on Russian oil. This was coming out previously. I had talked about it before. And then we had, you know, the EU basically saying, okay, if you want to, you can simply use this method to trade with Russia. And it made this really big loophole. And it was kind of unusual to say the least. But anyway, they're going ahead with this. And the price of oil has gone up. In fact, I'll show you that right now. You could see at the time of this recording, WTI is at over $118 a barrel and Brent is actually at $123. By the time you're watching, you know, could be something else, but I just wanted to give that to you to show you that this isn't over yet, okay? I thought that this would start to subside somewhat, but clearly that isn't the case. And actually, if you look at the markets and you see what has happened with commodities historically, like back in the 1970s, compared to today, um, and, and you just see the weighting of the total, like this total stock market, essentially, how much of it the total is made up of commodities, how much of the total is made up of tech, how much you, know, you break it down. Commodities represent a very small percentage when we look at it back to how it was in the 70s. So many of these analysts are starting to say that number has to go up or the rest has to come down and they have to really rebalance. And so what does that mean? It means the potential for commodities to rise whether or not you know you look at it in nominal terms or whether we look at that in a comparison to what else is available you know it just shows us that you know something interesting to say the least i don't make predictions but anyway some member states in the eu are already pushing for a seventh eu sanctions package I didn't know we were up to seven already, but anyway, discussions move tomorrow on the potential global food crisis and defense. Some countries that receive oil by pipeline have nevertheless pledged to stop using it, including Poland and Germany. This is where the 90% figure comes from. It's shipped oil plus the northern branch of the Druxpa pipeline serving Poland and Germany. Huge. Okay, this is this is big if this is the case. I welcome the EU CO agreement tonight on oil sanctions against Russia. This will effectively cut around 90% of oil imports from Russia to the EU by the end of the year. Is it going to happen? I don't know, but I'll tell you something. If you give this video a thumbs up, you are more likely to see these videos coming up when I do cover it. All right, so I want to thank you for that. There is more in this thread if you want to check it out for yourself. But the point is... 
the price of gasoline is rising you can see that here what i was trying to show you a moment ago i messed up was this thread you can see it on twitter if you'd like the link is in the description as always under the sources it's there down below okay but all i want to show you is the fact that the number of gallons of regular gas per average hourly wage this has declined considerably. Now, what does this mean? Okay, we're looking at a chart, so what? No, it means that if somebody is paying more for their gasoline, if they're paying more for their food, if they're paying more for the things that they have to have, maybe they need to drive to work and so on, these things here are going to impact what they can spend money on. If they're locked down, they can't spend money. If they are unable to do certain things, they can't do this. All of these things have a you know, domino effect, ramifications, the ripple effect, call whatever you want. And I will show you one of those things here in a second. One tank of gas devours 33% of Brazilians' monthly minimum wage. So extreme. Now, even if you don't look at the minimum wage, I mean, if it's 20%, if it's 10%, this is still very significant okay no doubt about that and that's just gas and you go on and you see and this is why i say to people if you are outside of the united states if it's possible to earn some income in u.s dollars you've got to try you've got to try now that doesn't necessarily mean you want to hold fiat okay some is you know potentially okay because you can deploy that and so on but you don't want to, you know, just hold on forever, but at least you have some of that. And then you can purchase assets with it. And your currency to that currency is going to be something good for you. Let me let me tell you, okay? Real quick, let's let's talk about this. I think it's important to see the economy, where it has been, where it's gone, and where it's going to. Two years ago. Hertz had a near-death experience and filed for bankruptcy protection. You remember they were selling off all their cars at a discounted price. Hertz was done because everybody was going to stay home and they were going to be on Zoom all day long. ExxonMobil became you know, uninvestable suddenly and Zoom became worth more than it. Anyway, and here we are a year later, its profits are soaring and rival Avis Budget Group had a record first quarter. That's good news for investors, but not so great for travelers. And, you know, you, you see what's happening with RVs. RVs are being bought and rented like never before. And so the prices at the same time have skyrocketed. So we can see this just about everywhere, right? Highest German inflation in 70 years to prompt higher than expected hike in euro borrowing costs. Now, what they're saying here is that, you know, the ECB is going to have to come in. They're going to have to increase interest rates right now. They're actually in the negative. So will they bring them into the positive? I mean, wow, that would be historic. Uh, but looking at it right now, I mean, 70 years for Germany. We'll see what happens um, with with you know, the expectation here for some is that we are peaking out globally and then that will start to decline, perhaps in the US, but Europe certainly not saying that's the, the case. So we'll see. And obviously energy is playing a big role in this.
We know that. For anybody in California worried about the gas prices, ask your friends in Europe, and they'll tell you the equivalent of $6 a gallon. They would pray for that. And we have this summer worker shortage means things will be closed again. Pools, restaurants, and camps cut operations even though demand is back. Labor costs are higher and so are prices. What? No one is applying? And that's what you see. You, you look at this all over the place. And by the way, just a small anecdote. If you ever have to deal with any customer service people today, I mean, it seems like they just don't value their jobs let's just say that okay because it is just terrible i mean i i try to have good experiences try to be friendly and so on and it seems like people don't really value their jobs but anyway that's a whole different story pakistan says that the imf is the only resort shut out of the bond markets so we have many different countries today dealing with turmoil to one degree or another, look at what's going on with Sri Lanka, look at Peru before, um, Kazakhstan was dealing with this uh, all this year. Pakistan, uh, you can see that the finance minister said that several countries are, are ready to offer help, but they want them to secure funds from the IMF first. So you got to get into the, you know, the IMF's clutches before we're going to give you any cash, okay? So they talk about that, and I've talked about the IMF. I talk, actually talked about the IMF in both of my books uh, because they are a very, very important institution if you want to understand the global monetary system, global financial system. Uh, this is just talking about the same situation. And, you know, looking at this, when a country's bonds have lost almost one-third of their value, just like that, it creates a problem. And I'm not saying that that could happen overnight anywhere, but understand that these things happen much faster than you would think. They really do. I've seen this. I've studied this all the way back in history. Chinese banks overflow with cash that nobody wants to borrow. And this is what I'm saying, because you can throw all the cash out there. And I've talked about what China is doing. They're, they're trying to stimulate. They're basically saying to the banks, lend money, do it. But if nobody wants to borrow it, that's a different situation altogether. And this is what goes on. You know, you lock people down, you barricade them into their homes. They're not going to really want to borrow money. So we'll see what happens now that Shanghai and Beijing are both opening up somewhat. So, um, you know, we'll look if this is the case in the coming months. Okay. But also the real estate market in China is hurting big time, you know, obviously for the lockdowns and that sort of thing. But because of Evergrande, because of what's happening with the housing sector, people are very worried. Fed's Waller backs half a point rate hikes at several meetings. Waller wants to keep 50 basis points hike on the table until prices cool down. His rate hike plan is in line with expectations. That is the case. 50 basis points at least at the June meeting. Then July looks to be more likely. The question is, you know, beyond that into September. So this right now just shows us the response from central banks to all this inflation. What is it? Hiking, increasing interest rates. And then what I wanted to show you was this. Monumental. Monet expected to fetch 24 million pounds at auction. So this is yet another painting 
that is selling for multi-million dollars. And this shows us that there are some groups of people who cannot afford the gasoline in their vehicle. And then there are others who are going out and buying multi-million dollar pieces of art. Now, I like art. I, I've been to multiple museums and, and you know, I, I love it all. Um, you know, I shouldn't say all, but, you know, not really the modern stuff. But anyway, that's besides the point. This shows us that there's a group of people that can afford to buy it and not just have it in a museum. You know what I mean? Um, right here at the bottom. Against the uncertain economic times in relation to interest rates and inflation in the stock market, as has been the case for many, many years, a lot of our clients are feeling very comfortable investing in art. You see this? Craziness, inflation, worries, all this. The stock market fluctuation, everything. Our clients are feeling very comfortable investing in art. Two reasons. Because they know over a long period of time, it's one of those assets that is illiquid that holds value and is considered to be a real asset. They must choose the right piece of art. They must choose, you know, based on many fundamental factors, not simply, well, I'm just going to buy anything and it's, it's going to go up in value. No, but they know that stuff. Okay. I just appreciate it. I don't know all the ins and outs, but they appreciate it. They know they buy and you see what happens. Okay. There was much more in this video that I wanted to get to, um, but I think we're going to end it there. I hope you appreciate it. Definitely, if you want to know the greatest and latest and best information, hit that thumbs up button. When you do, you're supporting the channel, okay? You got to tell that algorithm, hey, check out this crazy guy. He's good. You got to watch him. It's right down there below, along with the subscribe button. Don't forget about that as well. This is the channel, stuck at a perpetual 282,000. I want you to join the 282,000 as we propel ourselves on the way to 282,000. I'll see you on the next one. Take care.